This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, April 5th. So, Corey, a big win last night for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Indeed, they were in Brooklyn last night, CJ. 107-102, the final score. Were you able to catch any of it? I was able to catch the ending part of the game, so I kind of had it in and out as I was doing stuff last night. Of course, watched the Twins game. That got done in under two hours, by the way. So it was Is able- that right? Yeah, like an hour 57. Uh, but uh, Awesome. So I was able to catch pretty much the second half of the basketball game. Wolves didn't have a particularly strong first half, but were able to put together a nice little third quarter and then hang on in the fourth quarter. Um, some They were tied pretty much neck and neck towards the end of the game. The Wolves not only got the lead, but then they got a critical stop. And then based off that stop, Anthony Edwards, with the chance to put the game on ice, drives to the rim, doesn't get the bucket, but gets the foul, puts in both free throws, and the Wolves get another stop on the defensive end of the floor to get the win, Corey. Yeah, and Edwards finished with 23 points. Carl Anthony Towns had 22 points and 14 rebounds. That was a nice win. That was an important win, especially when you consider... Just two games left on the schedule now? Yep, two games left. So for the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have a matchup on Saturday in San Antonio against the Spurs. It's a 3 p.m. tip-off. And then Sunday, they go back home. So they get a few days off, and now they get a back-to-back to end the season. On Sunday, they play the Pelicans, 2.30 p.m. So if you're planning to watch the Masters, you might have to watch the Wolves on a separate screen as well. Those are games the Timberwolves should not just win, but dominate, right? They should. If you look at San Antonio in the Western Conference standing score, uh, they're almost towards the bottom. They have, uh, they're have they a 20-59 and 59 team, 20 wins and 59 losses on the season. Uh, the only they're team, actively trying to lose. They're actively trying to lose. And then if you look at a team uh, like the Pelicans, it's a big game for the Timberwolves, and they should win. But it's also helpful because the Pelicans are right now the eight seed in the West, Corey, as the Timberwolves are number nine. The Wolves are 40 and 40, while the Pelicans are 40 and 39. So a big win on Saturday it would be for the Wolves if they could knock off New Orleans and at least get them into that first play-in game where all they would have to do is win that game to get in to the play-in tournament. And so if you're in that 7-8 game, you win that game, and then you take on the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies again for a rematch, which would be a fun series. But uh, that's pretty much where things stand in the last two games of the season. Of course, New Orleans would want to be playing to potentially get the home game in that play. And so New Orleans has some stuff to play for. There's absolutely nothing for San Antonio to play for on Saturday, except trying to lose. But as we learned with the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday against Portland at home, uh, there is no slam dunk win. So you mentioned it, the Timberwolves are 39-39. and 39. They're in ninth place in the Western Conference. Can we take a look at the Western Conference standings? Do you have them, yes. 1 through 10, in front of you? All right, so the number one seed and pretty much going to clinch, if they haven't already, I, I think they had a chance to last night, but they lost, the Denver Nuggets at a 52-27 and 27 record. Then it's the Memphis Grizzlies at 50-29. and 29. The three-seeded Sacramento Kings are 48-31. and 31. The Suns have won six in a row, and they are holding on to that four seed at 44 and 35. 
The Golden State Warriors have the five seed at 42 and 38. The LA Clippers at 41 and 38 in the sixth seed. Then we get into those play-in seeds, that seven through 10 spot, and the Lakers have the seven spot at 41 and 38. The Pelicans are at eight with 40 and 39. The Timberwolves at nine with 40 and 40. The Oklahoma City Thunder battling uh, to hold on to that 10 spot with a 38 and 42 record. The Dallas Mavericks have a 37 and 42 record. They're on the outside looking in. The Dallas Mavericks have lost three in a row, also losing three in a row. The Utah Jazz, who are at 36 and 43. And that's pretty much all the teams that are actually in the playoff hunt. So uh, uh, two things stand out to that. One is my sheet says they're 39 and 39, but there's only two games left. So that math is incorrect. So 40 and 40 is definitely their record. Um, I just said 39 and 39 earlier, so I just wanted to clarify that. You got the percentage right. You You need the Clippers and the Lakers to drop their last two games and the Wolves to go 2-0 and to move anywhere out of a play-in. Yeah. Which is not likely to happen. So the Lakers' final handful of games, they have three games left. The Lakers and the Clippers are playing each other tonight. Okay, well, That's there gonna... goes that. So you're, if the Clippers win, the five seed is out of question. And the so, six seed is out. Of, the Timberwolves are only playing for a play-in then. That's pretty much what's going to happen. The, so the Lakers, but of course the Wolves need to get into that seven or eight spot to basically only have to win one game. Right. And that's huge. Uh, the Clippers, uh, the Lakers and Clippers play tonight, and then the Lakers on Friday take on Phoenix, who is red hot and Kevin Durant's healthy. And then Sunday they play the Utah Jazz to end the season. So okay. realistically, LA could go; they'll probably go two and one or one and two, right? In that stretch, realistically, if you're so, lo- there's your seven seed. Your seven, your your one through six are pretty much wrapped. Your one through seven are pretty much wrapped. If you look at the Clippers, if we'll take a look at their remaining schedule, uh, they play the Lakers, and then they play the Trailblazers on Saturday, and then they play the Suns on Sunday. So who's the who's right in front of the Timberwolves? The New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, so that so the eight spot it, it's that's in play. It's 100% in play. The eight spot is in play. If we look at New Orleans' remaining schedule, they take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. L. They take on the New York Knicks on Friday. Ooh, it, it, where's that one at? Uh, it is in New Orleans. Eh, okay. And then they go at the Timberwolves. L. Because I'm a Timberwolves fan. And keep in mind, for the Pelicans, they just had a loss to the Kings last night, so they're on a back-to-back both home games, okay. but for the Pelicans, they have back-to-back games, and the second one tonight is against the Memphis Grizzlies. So it sounds like to move up one spot, the Wolves should that, beat New Orleans is, on Sunday, which is the only where they can, they're not going to move up two spots. The, to move up one spot, they have to go two and zero over their final two. Yeah. Okay. Is it possible they can miss? Uh, I mean, I if think they go zero and two, are they out? Uh, so I'm going to take another look at the schedule here. I, Based on my gut level feeling, I think they're probably fine when you consider that uh, the Wolves are two games ahead of the Thunder. So, Who, I, are, who are the 10 They're the 10 spot, yes. Which means they're at least two and a half games ahead of Dallas. The, the 11 yeah. seed. All right, the Timberwolves are in. Way to go, They're man. in the play-in, which hey! technically doesn't count as the playoffs. They're it's a, in. It's a weird line. Win and in 
or lose and in. Back that truck up. Let's back, back on in. Back it up. Hey, that's okay. That's exciting news. Yeah. Despite how weird and catastrophic this season has felt numerous times, if they get, they're going to get in. Here's the thing: if they get a matchup with the Nuggets, it's over. If they get a matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies, that's oh. another fun playoff series. It's almost like somebody Corey has been predicting that, like for this entire second half of the season. I love to sports hate Memphis. Love to spoil. It's fun. It's fun to have a sports hate again in basketball. Mm-hmm. Rather than just wishing for the Timberwolves to be relevant, it's like I think the Timberwolves are generally kind. Like they're in the mix isn't even right. They're like a half a step out of being in the mix. They're out of the basement. They're out of the pit. Let's put it that way. But there's someone who's fun to like actively root against when it's as a Timberwolves fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. That part's cool. So anyway, I hope Memphis takes a horrible loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, not tonight. You actually want them to win because they're playing New Orleans. Except for tonight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the in, in, in the, the first official round, to the Timberwolves. Yeah. Oh, that would make me happy. You know, if you keep saying that, John Morant's gonna pull a gun on you or something like that. Wow. Well, you just came out and said it, huh? Well, I mean, he does it to like kids at the mall. So, I mean, it's not. Uh... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. This might be bold. Okay. I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's Anthony. You're Anthony Edwards here. This is a fake tough guy. Now, if you're asking me, well, don't you think he couldn't destroy you in a fight? Yes, of course he could. Guess what? I ain't afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> that guy ain't doing anything. Corey's Randy Marsh from South Park who got just the crap beat out of him. It's just there. I didn't hear no bell. That guy is not doing anything. He's not doing anything. I'm not afraid of that guy. He would pummel me. <laughs> I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> well, are you afraid? Is John Morant a guy who, like, I'm afraid of that guy? Uh, probably not, but... It's fake. He's a fake tough guy. Fake tough guy. Fake tough guy stuff. See what I mean? Isn't it fun to sports hate? Right, exactly. It's the best. How about Dylan Brooks? Would you take on uh, the uh, Memphis forward Dylan Brooks? No, I'm afraid of that guy. <laughs> that guy. I'm afraid of no man. That guy's except a real, for that guy. That guy's He's a real scared. tough guy. <laughs> um, let's talk. Yeah, Twins. They dropped their first game of the season to Miami yesterday. Oof, good baseball game. One nothing. One nothing. An hour fifty seven was the official time of the game. That's crazy. By the way, Kenta Maeda, for his credit, pitched five plus innings. Yeah, eight strikeouts. Yeah, and his only run was a mistake pitched Avisail Garcia. Right. So like he pitched a great game in his own right. The Twins just ran up against the NL Cy Young winner. And you ran up to him on a day where Byron Buxton wasn't playing either. It happens. The Twins offense couldn't muster much. But I think the positive thing to take away from it is if Kenta Maeda, he looked good. Eight strikeouts. I know the Marlins lineup isn't particularly tough. He got Luis Arise to strikeout swinging. So that's a feather in his cap. Uh, Going into yesterday's game, uh, there were two undefeated teams. They were the Twins and Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. Um and the Tampa Bay team ERA was one. Yeah. And the Twins was 1.25. And it, guess what? Their ERA just got better. Exactly. That Let's talk about the run differential now. Uh, anyway, but like. Right, right. But here's the thing people have been posting the picture of LeBron from a few years ago after that trade deadline when he was in Cleveland when he says, We got a bleeping squad now. <laughs> and yeah. somebody's like, The Twins rotation. Because. Yeah. If ev- the enti- the first time through the order, Corey, they've given up a total. The starters have given up a total of like four runs. There's five starters. It's exactly what you want to see. That is, of course, unsustainable. 
but man, for for someone like me who was wondering, like that was a huge question mark for me. We kept hearing about depth and all that garbage all all off season long. It was like in my head, like okay, that's fine. But if all you have is two starters two and a half, three starters at the top end, that's not good. And it seems like they have, um, it seems like they got the right pieces in the right place. If Kenta can get right, remember, he was second in Cy Young voting in 2020. He was your opening day starter three years ago? 2021, yeah. Two years three ago. Three seasons ago? Oh, yeah, because it was Joe Ryan last, last season. And then Kent. So, I mean, as your five starter? All five okay. starters on the Twins rotation have started an opening day. I'm excited, man. That's and Bailey Ober, who's also going to make an appearance. Louis Varland are sitting in St. Paul ready if one of them gets Louis hurt. Louis Varland's pitching go. tonight for the Saints. Saints. There goes Corey. By the way, Kenta Maeda did leave. One last thing uh, is uh, for Kenta Maeda. He did leave the game with uh, a little bit of uh, of an issue, and Rocco clarified it post game. Kent is okay. Kent is fine. He pitched really well. Um, I think he was gassed in a lot of ways. Uh, he had to work and then come in the dugout, and truthfully, he was not in the dugout very long because the guy on the other side of the field was having some very, very quick innings, and um, that is going to be one major adjustment in our game for the pitchers who are going to have to find ways to still go out there and pitch when they're really only in the dugout sometimes for there was, I think, an inning where it was he was in the dugout for maybe three minutes and uh, had to run back out there. So that's um, a change in our game. But uh, ultimately, uh, Kent is doing fine, and uh, he'll be ready to go next uh, next time around, I believe. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, April 5th.